Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Fox Nomad Podcast. I'm your host, Fox Nomad, Anil Polat. Welcome to this episode, the last episode of season two. Yeah, I guess you didn't know there were seasons, kind of a new thing, but hiatus is not. Um, this is the last episode before the podcast, and a lot of other Fox Nomad-related things go into hiatus for the summer. I want to talk a little bit about that at the end of the podcast, what, what hiatus is, I want to take a look at back at some uh, take a look back at some of our podcasts, some of our guests, some of the topics that have come up over the last year, which has been a lot of fun, a lot of really interesting topics, a lot of really interesting guests in a year that has been absolutely bonkers for in terms of travel. Um, speaking of travel, I have some coming up. I've gotten the necessary, almost all the necessary permits and visas. I need to travel to some of the more difficult destinations on this trip um sort of a dream trip that i have been planning or looking forward to for a very long time it was going to be my 2020 idea my 2020 trip plan but obviously covid happened and i didn't get to enact or go through with the plan but i think now now is the time to try to go for it so those are coming into place by the time you're listening to this um well maybe not by the time you're listening to this but uh in it in definitely while we're on hiatus is when those travels are going to be well kicked off. Um, so there, I'll let you know, you know, the usual places to follow me, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, YouTube, uh, to keep up with my travels and tech. Um, but before we get into sort of hiatus talk and why the hiatus happens and all of that, I want to go through just a couple of, couple of topics. The first one is headphones. So this is something that's very controversial that I have found out. Uh, I recently did um, a review, my review of the Sony WF-1000XM4, which are a terrible name for headphones. Sony gives their headphones consistently really, really bad names. And I talked about why I like those headphones, what I don't like about them. And when it comes down to noise canceling and sound quality, they're very, very, very good. They're just not as good as the Bose. It's close. It's close. Look, it's it's not the most massive difference, uh, especially if you're not an audiophile. But they're not on the same level quite in that category. But them being the same price, you know, that's a valid comparison to make. But there are a lot of things about the Sony that really make it an attractive option, which are pulling me away from the Bose. Bose have been my go-to headphones for like a decade of traveling. So... Um, I really like the Bose. I really like the sound and the noise canceling is just amazing, especially when you fly to just click that button and then to drown out like the rest of the world. You're in a cafe, boom, turn it on, silence. The It's really drastic and it is the best noise canceling uh, earbuds that I've tried and over ear as well. Sony's up there with the over ear. But on the flip side, those headphones are are large. So they're large earbuds. Um, they do stick out of your ear. They have eight total microphones, which really help with the noise canceling. But all of that uh, results in a very large earbud, which doesn't have as good of a battery life as the Sony. So we're talking about yeah, about five hours with noise canceling versus eight hours on the Sony, which is about the length of you know a solid flight or a leg of a flight. You have quick charging with both of these, but if you quick charge with the Bose, you'll get about an hour of battery life after 15 minutes of charge. Uh, with the Sony, you'll get about 
you know, an hour of charge after five minutes, which is really good. Both cases are, are wireless charging. You can charge both of the cases wireless charging. And both cases will give you like significant battery life. I think it's 16 and 12 hours uh, added on top of what the earbuds give you. So it'll get you through a day, uh, you know, a long day of flying. And when it comes to like office use or cafe use, my choice would still be the Bose. So a lot of people have been asking me, you know, which, what are the best earbuds? Look, if you're not traveling a lot, um, which might not be a lot, you know, it's probably not a lot of you listening to this podcast, but if you're not traveling all the time, portability isn't the main or isn't a very, you know, top concern for you, I would go with the Bose. I, I think they're great. Yeah, they're a little bit bulky for earbuds, but the, the noise canceling, the sound quality is great. So if you work in an office, you work at cafes, or if you're in a generally noisy environment, maybe you work from home, you have kids, and you just want to make sure that you can't hear anything while you're working, while you're maybe typing up an email or something like that, Bose is the way to go, in my opinion. They make, it's just, they're just great. Uh, they're very comfortable. I like their the wingtips, how they fit in the ear. Big fan. But what makes the Sony, especially for travel, so attractive and a difficult choice because when you're on a plane, obviously, you know, there's jet engine noise. When you ride the subway a lot, there's train noise. There's a lot of noise when you're physically being transported somewhere with a machine. Or even if you're going horse and carriage, there's still a lot of noise. Noise, And the bows really just get rid of that perfectly so that you're on a, you're in, you're in a silent room when you're on a plane. It makes flying so much more comfortable, reduces headaches, makes you less tired uh, after the flight. I th there's a lot of advantages to it. Um, I can't fly without noise canceling. However, Sony having such small earbuds, and they are significantly smaller, the buds and the case themselves than the Bose, you can fit those in your pocket really easily. You can just have them in your hand and just throw them in your pocket with the case. It can fit in that small little jeans pocket, you know, that nobody knows what it's for. There are a lot of benefits to that. So... I'm I'm tempted. I think for this long set of trips that I'm planning, I'm gonna need. It's gonna be a lot of time on the road, um, some sky time in there as well. I'm leaning towards Sony. So these Sony earbuds are gonna pull me away from the Bose. If Bose could make at least the case just a little bit smaller, a little bit more pocketable, they they, they might get me back. Um, and when it comes to Apple, I think Apple what they excel in is they just do a great job of integrating with Apple stuff. So if you're an Apple user, AirPods Pro just integrates so well. It's so easy to pair them, easy to sync them, easy to switch between your iPad and your you know, MacBook. There are a lot of good reasons, especially if you're an iOS Apple user, to go with the Apple, um, the AirPods Pro. And if you're a Samsung user especially, I would take a look at the Galaxy Buds. They have really impressed me in so many ways. They are like the Sony, the Bose, and the Apple are in the $250 plus range. They're, they're in there. Um, the Sony and the Bose are close to $300. The Galaxy are like in the hundred and something dollar range. They're not, I mean, not too expensive when, when you get this tiny case, tiny buds that look really nice, different color combinations, excellent, excellent noise canceling for earbuds that are this size and this price. Very, very, very good. But some of the best features, especially when it comes to multi-point technology, like switching between your phone and your laptop, 
some of the 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 other customization features that you get in this sort of AI that you get with these earbuds, which is where it can detect where you are and that kind of stuff, will only work on Android devices and more specifically Galaxy devices. And it's it's a shame because the earbuds physically themselves are designed just so well. Whereas with Apple, a lot more people have iOS phones, iPads, and MacBooks than Galaxy than the Samsung Galaxy products. So it's a little bit more limited, uh, but they're just great, great buds. So if you are wondering, a lot of people have been asking about headphones. A lot of people have been arguing with me about Sony versus Bose and saying, you know, I I don't like the Sony because I'm such a Bose fan. No, it's not really that. It's just the noise canceling is better on the Bose. The sound quality is better on the Bose, partially because the noise canceling is better. So less outside noise, better sound quality. Things are clear. It's a richer and fuller sound. But the Sony, like, so if I'm going to rate the Bose, you know, I'm going to give the noise canceling and the sound quality an A. I'm going to give the form factor like a C minus or a D. I'm going to give the app that they have that you can customize. I'm going to give that a B. Uh, I'm going to give the battery life about a B compared to other earbuds. So it does two things very, very well, does two things great, and it does a lot of other things, uh, you know, solidly average, above average, maybe slightly above average. Whereas Sony doesn't do any one thing great, at least not the WF-1000XM4 I'm talking about specifically. Those earbuds don't do anything specifically great, but it does a lot of things, especially a lot of important things. Sound quality, noise cancellation, the form factor, battery life, the app, the customization, all of those things it does above average. So it does everything. It's more uniform across the way. Um, so if you're thinking about you know going with with one of those earbuds, that's how I would break it down. Bose sound quality, not as portable. Noise canceling. Like if you're looking for earbuds for the office, home, the microphones are great for phone calls. Better than the Sony. If you're looking for travel earbuds, I, I'm gonna go with. You know, the Sony, I think the Sony offer a lot more than the Bose for most people. And then I'm going to say Apple is a good option between those three, especially if you're an iOS user. If you're an Android user, it doesn't make sense. And Galaxy, if you're a Samsung Galaxy user, hey, look at those, check out those earbuds. They are fantastic and a great price. So those are some of my takes on earbuds. I didn't think it would be so controversial. I didn't think... Um, it, 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 you know, people would have so many differing opinions on it, but those are my thoughts just to clarify some of the, the comments and questions I've been getting about choosing the right noise canceling earbud for you, you and your next trip. And if you're not taking the next trip. So now the next topic I want to talk to is livable cities. I came across this and I just wanted to, from this is from nestpick.com, looking for ranking 75 of the best global cities for remote workers. A lot of people are from working remotely now due to the pandemic and a lot of employers are maybe opening up to the idea. I talked about in the last podcast that, you know, some big tech companies are sort of pushing back. But I think now that people have had a taste of this, I think you're going to see a little bit more location independent jobs digital nomad jobs. Um, and so if you're looking, you know, for one of those, uh, Fox Nomad might be hiring in the somewhat near future. So just keep an eye on, on Twitter for that. But now that people can work remotely more, kind of makes sense to start taking a look at what are the options. And out of all of these cities, 
Melbourne was ranked the highest in the index, scoring highly on livable factors like safety, healthcare, culture, leisure activities, and that makes it a great place for uh, remote workers. It has a good infrastructure and the presence of a specific digital nomad visa. Now, that's something that you might have read about, or if you haven't heard about it, it's coming up a lot more countries are offering visas for digital nomads or location independence. Uh, Dubai and Sydney, uh, by the way, in that list come out second and third. I would tend to lean towards Sydney. Uh, I, I, I don't, personal experience, I don't know if I'd rank Dubai as, as high on the list for remote workers. Um, just, just because uh, the infrastructure is a little bit different. It's good, but I think you're going to have a lot more options if you're in Australia uh, to get around maybe by road and to do a few more things. But just my opinion. Um, now, 10 cities in the study offer a digital nomad visa. That's Zagreb, Prague, Lisbon, Reykjavik, Tallinn, Athens, Sydney, Melbourne, Dubai, and Mexico City. There's some vi- cities you might want to check out if you're looking for an easy-to-get uh, digital nomad visa and you have you know, the, the things you need to, to prove that you're a digital nomad. So those might be uh, good cities to look at. Now, on average, Rio de Janeiro has the most affordable home office space, 119 euros per month, followed by St. Petersburg, 139, and Istanbul, 169. Those are about the average home office spaces. Uh, But I think in those cities, uh, I'll speak for Istanbul in particular, you can easily get an apartment right now that's large enough to make one of the one of the rooms a home office uh, that that should be easy enough if you're recording or doing something where noise is a concern you know spend a couple of days see if you can try to visit during the, the noisiest parts of the day you know even you know evening or whenever you work uh, to see how loud it is outside if there's construction how insulated the windows are and so on so you might want to check that out but uh, those are some pretty pretty good prices for home offices and perhaps unsurprising las palmas in the canary islands was given the best overall weather conditions, while Tallinn has the best combined noise, air, and light pollution score. I'll add this, if you know, if you like skiing, if you like winter, maybe you know, Las Palmas isn't the best city for you. You know, There's a lot of people who do enjoy winter activities and sports. So I think a lot of these lists are always, always a little bit biased towards hot places, warm places, and beaches, which are all great, but maybe not for the entire year. Um, so just something to think about, uh, maybe some places to visit, even if you're not going to live there and work remotely, um, some interesting options. Now, how you're going to get there is you're going to get to those places most likely on a plane. So you might be wondering, especially with the Delta variant and, and all these, uh, different variations of the coronavirus going around and vaccination rates not being very high, most anywhere in the world, how safe are you when you fly from COVID? And I, I thought this was interesting. The New York Times broke this down with this interactive uh, visual chart kind of graphic. So it basically shows you how safe you are from COVID when you fly to understand how risky it might be to board a plane. Now start with how, uh, let's start with how air circulates in a plane. So I'm going to leave a link to this so you can check it out in the description below. But to describe it to you, it basically starts out with a few things that I didn't even know about. I, I didn't didn't even occur to me. I had always thought that the airplane, sorry, the air inside of an airplane stayed there. So you're on the ground, you've got air, you go up, and then it's just all recycled. Apparently, that that's not how it works. Uh, there are actually 
there's a lot more fresh air inside the cabin than you might realize. So in most single aisle models, we're going, uh, this graphic is using as an example, you are constantly breathing in a mixture of fresh and recirculated air. Uh, air is blown in from the ceiling ducts and sucked out through the vents near the floors. Half of the air that is sucked out is released from the plane and the other half is filtered and eventually sent back into the cabin. Now with the help of researchers, they simulated more than 2 million air particles that you can see in this graphic to understand how they flow within the cabin and how potential viral elements may pose a risk. And it says the air is refreshed roughly every two to three minutes on a plane, a higher rate than in grocery stores and other indoor spaces, experts say. It's one reason, in addition to safety protocols, that there have not been many super spreader events documented on flights. The high exchange rate on planes forces new and existing cabin air to mix evenly with the goal of minimizing pockets of air that could become stale or linger for too long. So all, a lot of this talk about air circulation in a plane is really interesting because we always think that it's just all recycled and that that's why we get sick on a plane. But actually, it's more likely due to just simply sitting next to so many people in close proximity for such a long time. Now, the article goes on to say that doesn't mean flights are completely safe. This is what happens when someone wearing a mask sneezes on board. So this is taking into account our modern lifestyle, having to wear masks when we travel and pretty much everywhere else. So as air blows out the sides of the mask, the particles move toward the aisle where they combine with air from the opposite row. Not all particles are the same size. They don't all contain viral matter, but a passenger nearby Passengers nearby aren't wearing their masks or even briefly take their mask off to eat a snack. The sneezed air could increase their chances of inhaling viral particles. And then it shows you basically what happens if people are sneezing on different parts of the plane. And the way air is circulated on a plane and the way is the, the aerodynamics are designed is that that sneezed air, so like, quote, sneezed air, stays only within like two or three rows of of the sneezer, maybe maybe four rows. It, try, it, it does a good job of keeping, and based on this simulation, looking at it, it keeps that sort of sneezed or dirty air or whatever, just air within a couple of rows so that it's contained. Now, the fresh air coming into the plane comes in through the jet engines that propel the plane. Those jet engines are constantly sucking outside air that is then pressurized and conditioned for temperature. So that's where you get your fresh air, kind of makes sense. The air then snakes into the plane through various pipes and filters and then eventually climbs up to the ceiling ducts and then helps distribute air down into the cabin. So it, it, if you imagine that air is coming in through the jet engine, it's going through the wing, it's going down to the belly of the plane where it gets conditioned and filtered because obviously the air outside is very thin, it's very dry. So it makes it, you know, good for breathing they do all that and then it goes up into the ceiling it comes down and then you get to breathe it periodically air is sucked through two hepa filters into a manifold under the floor where fresh and recirculated air are mixed each filter has 12 panels of densely plated fiberglass mesh that catches most microscopic particles which is really interesting that is a lot of filtering when all is said and done, the ventilation systems, they all vary among planes, but most have a similar filtration system. And then once the air has been breathed, breathed, breathed by you, once, once it's done its job and uh, once it's been pulled out of the cabin, a portion of that air does not get recirculated and it leaves 
through a vent which is out the back of the plane. So there's a valve on the back of the plane which constantly adjusts cabin pressure. Uh, so it's regulating the air inside. Then the air is gone. So that's kind of a cool uh, way to maybe make you feel better about flying, uh, to make you understand that actually the air inside of a plane is circulated pretty well, even though it is quote unquote recycled and we tend to think of that as being dirty air. It is extremely filtered and constantly being refreshed with air from the outside so there you go in case you didn't know uh, maybe make you feel better on your next flight all right so now that we have some time here at the end of the podcast uh, let's talk about hiatus let's talk about what that is and what that all means so I don't recall quite when I started this, but this, 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 and I'm talking about Fox Nomad hiatuses. So we're going back like probably, you know, early 2010s here where I decided or I realized that I needed to take breaks. So I gave myself vacation time. I'm, I am my own boss, but I, I have to be good to my employees and me as a someone who works for me, I guess. Um, I have vacation time, which I don't always use, which I try to use every year that where I can take a day off, you know, so I'm not, I'm not shooting videos and I'm not making content, uh, which is a lot harder for me to do than I've realized, but I, I have a chart and I, I, I try to keep on it now looking at the flow. So when it comes to travel and tech, there's sort of an ebb, ebb and flow throughout the year. They, they kind of get busier at certain times of the year and they kind of slow down at certain times of the year. And usually, you know, the tech season is, is we've got like a little spring push. That's when we get the developer conferences. We have, we just had the Apple developer conference last month and we get some new products that come out in that March, April timeframe. Those are either some tech releases. We also get a lot of new travel products. So that tends to be a busier time in tech tends to, you know, tends to be a busy time doing reviews and videos. Uh, so that's a busier time in tech. Summer things slow down because a lot of things slow down. A lot of people go on vacations and travel itself slows down. So looking at, you know, right after New Year, travel slows slows down. And then in its spring, it kind of picks up a little bit because uh, people are planning to travel. And when people are planning to travel, that's usually when things are busier for Fox Nomad related activities. When people are traveling, so when you're off on a vacation, it becomes a little bit less because things quiet down. August, a lot of people travel usually, or a lot of people are on vacation. Things really slow down. Um, I don't know if you can hear, there's a train going by, and uh, I've had to stop the podcast twice now. There's a lot of trains today. Uh, I'm not going to this time, so you get that. Look, it's hiatus episode, right? Uh, anyway, um, you know, things slow down on the travel side and tech side. It's very slow in August. And then we come into fall and things pick up basically from September to the end of the year. Things just really hit the gas. We get a lot of travel stuff, a lot of tech stuff. And that's usually when I'm not on the move. So those are the months where, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking at tech, we're doing tech products. It's, requires me usually it's easier to be in one place to get my hands on those products so usually when you're traveling i am not and when i am traveling you are not if that makes sense kind of so that's just some of the ebb and flow throughout the year of travel and tech obviously we're focused on travel and tech 
So when you look at both where things slow down, there's a significant slowdown in August when things are 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 slow. And I figured, you know, if there's a good time to take a break, it's going to be then. There's not a lot of tech happening. There's uh, a lot of you are traveling, but there's not a lot of travel-related activities going on. Usually people have planned their travels. They're on vacation. So it seemed like a good time of the year to sort of uh, slow down and take a hiatus. Um, and on the site, you know, there's a couple of weeks there where there's no new content on the site. The 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 YouTube videos slow down, sort of, kind of slow down. And the podcast goes on hiatus. Since I started the podcast almost now two years ago, I decided that that was a good time to put the podcast on hiatus as well as kind of a break from creating content to maybe, you know, take my foot off the gas just a little bit, but also to sort of match, you know, your schedule as well. So uh, that's why the hiatus happens. It's kind of a sort of built-in built in break, but in the middle of the hiatus, there is Geek Week. So you kind of get the same amount of content. It's just different content and, and scheduled a little bit different. Geek Week is a week where on foxnomad.com, there's a special Geek Week podcast episode as well and video coming out. So make sure you, you, you're, you stay subscribed for those because those are coming out in the middle of August. Uh, I just recorded them actually before this. So spoiler, secret, secret uh, behind the scenes. So that's coming out. And that's a week where we do Geek Week, where I talk about anything geeky. I have guests, you know, people to interview, guest writers sharing their geekiest things. It doesn't have to be the, the, the normal things you think about when it comes to geekiness, like Star Trek or Star Wars or Harry Potter. It can be anything. We've talked about geekiness from video games to, you know, geekiness when it comes to traveling to various types of sites, archaeological digs, that kind of thing. So when we're talking about geekiness, it can really be anything. It's kind of fun. I've written some short stories during Geek Week. I've written some like Twilight Zone-ish stuff. It's just kind of a fun time to unwind, get the creative juices flowing and 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 get back into things. So that's that's uh, why the hiatus happens. I always get a few questions about it every year. And I think after this, so I think I'm going to break up because you can kind of put the podcast into seasons. You know, I, they're all numbered episodes, but th there's also a uh, an option to to make them into seasons. So I'm like, why not? Why not just do that? So let's call this the end of season two. What do you think? Uh, let me know on Twitter. What do you think? Season two. And uh, so that's something to think around. But th th this is the end of season two, we'll call it for now. And season three picks up back again in probably in September. I will have a bunch of of travels and I'm tempted to just keep putting out the podcast, even though we'll be on hiatus because there's a lot. I'm really hopefully not going to jinx it. I'm not telling you exactly where I'm going until the trip kicks off because there are a lot of things somewhat up in the air and I, I, I don't want to jinx it quite yet. Um, but hopefully it all works out and you get some interesting episodes when we get back. And do check out the Geek Week episode coming coming up uh, in a couple of weeks because that was a ton of fun. I don't think, I mean, it's, I don't think I think we laughed for like forty minutes straight. But it was a lot of fun, and we said things in between there too. So um, there you go. Now I want to just recap a couple of guests, and then I want to find follow up with one guest that I wish I could have on the podcast. So I just want to talk about some behind the scenes. We've had some great 
guests over the past year, some great episodes. We start out with uh, the first guest back from Haidas was Nora Dunn, who's a, a blogger I've followed for a long time. We've, we've sort of kept in touch, but it was the first time I really got to talk in depth uh, with her, and that was a lot of fun. She's doing really interesting things with her podcast and her site. So if you if you missed that episode, it's definitely worth going back and listening to it. I talked with Stefan, uh, I can't, I'm sorry, Stefan Krasowski. I, I always slip on the name, but there you go. Uh, who's been to every country in the world, a really interesting uh, interview with his travels, especially in the Middle East. And uh, it was kind of a, he has his own podcast, and so we kind of exchanged. So he was a guest on the Fox Nomad podcast, and I spoke uh, with him on his podcast, answering some questions about travel and tech. Uh, I got to say, it's, it's a lot easier being the one ans- asking the questions and answering them. It's uh, when things flip around, it's uh, I get a little nervous, but uh, I hopefully hopefully the one where I'm answering the questions was okay. But but our podcast I think was great. It was great to talk to Stefan. So um, check that out. And we talked to Ellie Quinn about converting to Islam and moving to Istanbul. Just picking a few here. Um, going back through guests, kicked off the year talking about drones with Mike from Drone Supremacy, which was a lot of fun. It's been quite on the drone front, by the way, but uh, I, I I hear some rumblings from DJI. Let's just put it that way. There are some rumblings. I'm getting some rumors. Something, some big things I think are planned for the second half of the year or the tech season of the year. It's gonna be, it's gonna be an interesting time, especially if you like any of the DJI products. But I think, I think for drones, we're getting into some very exciting, exciting territory. Obviously, we talked about DJI's. Uh, FPV drone, why you might want to switch. Uh, so that was a, a lot of fun. Then uh, a couple of podcasts I want to talk about uh, with Dr. Daniel Lieberman. He is a professor of human evolutionary biology at Harvard University. Talk about exercise, which if you haven't listened to that episode, we talked about so many things. Like it's changed and I, I'm pretty active and I, I try very hard to be active every day, you know, to exercise, we, we talked about why that's important and it's changed sort of the way I think about movement and sitting because I sit a lot and I'm guessing you do too. You're probably sitting down while you're listening to this podcast right now. So uh, that one was really interesting. His books are great. I highly recommend them. Talked about NFTs. Those are some of the, the things going down this trip, uh, memory lane. We talked about uh, a law professor from Georgia, Howard Scott, who retired at 49 and is sailing around the world. Talked to Dr. Saba Gorab, who has helped me dispel many misconceptions about how to unclog your ears after a flight, about sinus issues you get when you're flying. It, really good information there, especially if you if your ears get blocked on a plane when you fly, it's an annoying feeling. And of course, I gotta mention my uh, these two other interviews, one with Fresh, the designer behind Henry Masks, just so thought-provoking, just one of those episodes where it, it was just real deep. I, I think you're going to really enjoy that. It sounds like a really straightforward topic, right? NBA players wearing masks, COVID masks, but it's a distinct style and there's a really big story behind the designer. It's not what you think. Um, it's not what you might imagine. And I highly recommend you check it out. Um, and uh, yeah, just some great episodes. Talk 
with a lot of doctors, a lot of scientists. I, I hope that this season of the podcast has really helped you travel smarter. And like I always say, like I've kept saying, that's the main goal of anything I create at Fox Nomad is hopefully your takeaway from it is that you, you'll, you'll be a little bit smarter after. You'll learn a little bit something, hopefully. And uh, I, I, I think the podcast is definitely, I hope it's done that for you. Um, and if it has, now that we're getting to the end of this episode, hopefully you've given the Fox Nomad podcast five stars wherever you're listening to the podcast, Google, Stitcher, Apple, you know the places, you know where you're listening to. Those five-star reviews really help get the word out about the podcast. Some exciting things planned for season three of the podcast. A lot of giveaways, a lot of things coming up. Really looking forward to to sort of building upon what what the foundation that's already been laid for the podcast. I really appreciate all of your support and feedback. It's so nice to hear from so many of you. And uh, yeah, so I won't keep going on and on. But thank you very much. Uh, stay tuned in a couple of weeks for the Geek Week episode. And get ready for September. Lots of travel, lots of tech, lots of things happening already in the works. And I look forward to sharing with all of that with you when it comes up. But until then, till the next episode, hope you have a great rest of your day. <laughs>